Welcome to Cornerstone, a podcast by Rebuild Fellowship. On today's episode, Pastor Chuck will continue his message, which is titled, We Are Reproducers. In this message, we continue our long series about bearing fruit by looking at the ways we bear fruit as a part of the Rebuild family. This is the final message in a three-message sub-series. The text for today's message can be found in Hebrews chapter 10. So if you have your Bibles, please turn there right now, and we'll join in with Pastor Chuck. Matthew chapter 28, pick me up in verse 16. Verse 16. The 11 disciples traveled to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshiped him, verse 17, but some doubted. Let me just stop right there for a second. The 11 disciples, they traveled to Galilee. Judas is no longer there. Remember, Judas is no longer with them. Let's just say that. Judas is no longer with them. To the mountain where Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshiped him. When they saw Jesus, they worshiped, but some doubted. Do you know that many show up to church every single week? Week in and week out. In their local community, their local church, they show up every single week and they still doubt him. They still doubt him. They have seen Jesus, they worship Jesus, and yet they may still be in doubt of Jesus. And there's many reasons why that doubt may exist. You see, doubt just simply means to waver. And last week, I pointed you in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, a verse that I want us to memorize. And this is why it's important to hold fast to our confession of faith without wavering, without doubting for he who promised is faithful. Right. And more we preach the good news to ourselves, it causes us not to waver or to doubt. And that's what ends up happening. It calls into question, right? Doubt means to call into question the truth of, the truth of the resurrected king, the truth of the empty tomb, the truth of the cross and what Christ did for us, the truth that he is, that he was fully God and fully man and he lived a perfect and sinless life for us so that we could be raised to new life in him through the beauty and power of his resurrection. Now, I need to make that clear because I don't want us to lack confidence in this. And when things happen in our lives, well, it will impact our ability to be confident in the promises of God. But remember, we've learned through our morning glory prayer meetings, that's what hope is. Hope is the confident expectations and the promises of God that is rooted in the truth and the strength of who our God is. And so I don't want us to lose that confident expectation that we have in him that no matter the trial, no matter the struggle, no matter the difficulty, our God can see us through and our God can lead us out and our God will be with us while we are even in it in Jesus name. And you see, I want you to also right? I want to help you here, my brothers and sisters. I want you to know that doubt is common in the walk of a Christian. Doubt can be a moment in the lifestyle of a, in the life, excuse me, let me say that again, because I need you to get this. Doubt can be a moment in the life of a believer, but it should not be a mindset in the lifestyle of a believer. Let me say that again. Doubt can be a moment in the life of a believer, but it should never be the mindset for the lifestyle of a believer. 
You see, doubt is typically directly connected to evidence. The more evidence I have, the less likely I am to doubt. The less evidence I have, the more likely I am to doubt. The more evidence I have, the less likely I am to doubt. The, more, the less evidence I have, the more likely I am to doubt. Let me give you an example, right? Y'all have seen uh, uh, um, great, great sporting teams, right? You think of teams like the Lakers, or you think about the, the years of dominance that the Patriots had, or the years of dominance that my beloved Cowboys had, or the years of, of the New York Yankees, or you just list out any sports team, uh, Usain Bolt in track. Uh, we think of uh, the years of Jackie Joyner Kersey, or we, we think of some of the other greats that have come along in sporting events. Uh, we've seen Serena, uh, 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 Serena uh, Williams, and we've seen my beloved Rafael Nadal, and we've seen their years of dominance. When everybody is matched up to them in certain matchups, you'd be like, nah, uh -uh, I got evidence. They're too strong. They're too skillful. That, 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 that the person that is going up against them, they're sure to lose. Because why? Because I got evidence. I got evidence, right? I have, I have evidence of this. I, you, you have evidence of somebody that you have heard and you heard it say, what, this person did such and such? No, 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 no. I got evidence. That's not their character. That's not their nature. I don't know them to be a liar. I don't, I don't know them to be somebody who, who, who conducts themselves with that type of behavior. And so because I have evidence, I have done life with them, I have, I have credible information uh, from a credible source as relates to them, I don't believe that to be true of them. And in like manner, evidence helps us not to doubt not to waver. Hold fast to your confession of faith without wavering. For he who promises faithful, rewind your tape, rewind the tape back, and you take on the memory of the grace and faithfulness of God in your life, and you use that as evidence to continue to show you that your God is good, that your God is greater, that your God is bigger, that your God is stronger, that your God is more faithful, that your God is real. So hold fast to that confession of faith without wavering for he who promises faithful. And that's what David did when he faced Goliath. When you look at Goliath, you were saying, you look at David, there's no way David is going to take out Goliath. But David had a memory bank, an evidence of God when he was, was dealing with the sheep, when he killed the bear and he killed the lion and he dealt with that. I got evidence of God's power in my life, God's promise in my life that this uncircumcised Philistine would not take me out as well. And so I want you to have that same faith. Hold fast to that confession of faith that no uncircumcised Philistine figurative in your life, figuratively in your life is going to take you out or take you down because your God is stronger, your God is greater, and watch this, your God is fighting for you. Exodus 14, 14, your God is fighting for you. Now, let me get to verse 18. Now, let, let, me, let, me hit, let me be clear again. Doubt is common in the walk of a believer. Doubt is common, right? But doubt, watch this, doubt should only be a moment in the life of a believer. It should not be the mindset of the believer. It should only be a moment not a mindset in Jesus' name. So verse 18, here we go. Verse 18, here we go. Jesus came near and said to them, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Here's the first takeaway I want to give for us as we walk through the text, as we walk through the text. Takeaway number one, Jesus is the great commander. Jesus is our great commander. Jesus is the great commander. Jesus came near and said to them, all authority, underline that, has been given to me to Christ in heaven and on the earth. That's important. He is 
the great commander. He is the Lord God Almighty. He is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He is the one who is the person who exercises authority. He's the chief officer. He's the chief leader. He is the one who is in the official position to command or to control. He is Christ our Lord. The empty tomb has provided evidence that sin had no grip on him. The enemy could not defeat him and death could not hold him down. And because of that, he is the only savior and the only Lord and the only king and the only hope for this world. I love what the prayer warrior Ian Bounds says about this. He says the resurrection of Jesus Christ was necessary to establish the truth of his mission and to and to and to put the stamp of all conquering power on his gospel and to put the stamp of all conquering power on his gospel. You know, we walk in the all power, all conquering power of his gospel. That's what he has gifted to us. The all conquering power that is rooted in his gospel. And that's why we need to preach it to ourselves daily before we go out and preach it to others regularly. We got to get this into us so we can get it into them. The empty tomb has provided us. Listen, listen. The empty tomb has provided us with an eternal transfer and an earthly triumph. It has, it has provided us with an eternal transfer and an earthly triumph. Let me bring in Colossians chapter one so you can understand this eternal transfer. Colossians chapter one, verses 13 and 14. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Do you listen to that? He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sin. We have been transferred from the kingdom of darkness and to the kingdom of his light. Now, here's the eternal triumph that we can see from 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. But thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. But thanks be to God, he's leading us in triumphal procession, which means we're walking forward in victory. That's what triumphal procession is. I've never seen a championship team. I've never seen them go back to their beloved city or country by which they live or reside in and that there's not a parade or procession of triumph or victory. I've never seen it happen. It's been something that has persisted historically from generation to generation, from culture to culture. There's always these these parades or triumphs of victory when they access or obtain victory. And in like manner, every day you have victory. Every day the Lord wakes you up. Morning by morning, new mercies you see. Victory, victory. The grace that is sufficient for you, that aids you in your weaknesses has been provided to you. Christ, the hope of glory, dwells within inside of you. The Bible says he has given us his spirit, his spirit, excuse me, to obtain the power to be witnesses of him. We access victory every single morning moment that we live and exist in this earth because we are in him and he is in us. We have 
the victory. And we should be walking forward in victory every day. Every day we're walking forward in victory because Christ, the hope of glory, I can't state this enough, dwells within inside of us. Listen to the way another missionary says it. He says it like this. The spirit of Christ is the spirit of missions. The nearer we get to him, the more intensely missionary we become. Why? Let's go back to that other verse. Uh, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. He says, through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. As we grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, his spirit should give us the spirit of missions, of being a service to our community and to the very ends of the world. And the nearer we draw to him, the more intensely missionary we become. The more we grow in that grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ, the more we will understand his mission and our kingdom responsibility and assignment to go into all the world and to push back darkness, to eradicate darkness, and to decrease lostness, and to eradicate lostness because Christ, it's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come. All, he came into the world for all, so all should come to a saving faith in him and in him alone. Which leads us to our second takeaway. Second takeaway, Jesus has given us the great commandment. Verses 19, verse 19, excuse me. Jesus is the great commander and Jesus has given us the great commandment because he is the chief and he's the one who gives the commands. Watch this, verse 19, go therefore and make disciples of all. All nations, underline it. This is why I have entrusted and committed my mind and heart to asking the Lord to make us a church of all nations. Our city, again, looking back at the census report, our city, our triangle area is extremely diverse. It's very diverse. And because of that, I believe that we should be proclaiming the diversity of the kingdom and reflecting the diversity of our community here at Rebuild Fellowship. We should be proclaiming the diversity of the kingdom and reflecting the diversity of our community. Our community is diverse, and so we want to reflect the glory of the Lord in that way. The, the, the Imago Dei, the, the image of God that exists in all its beauty in the Triangle area. We want to be a church of all nations, all nations. And here's something special to me, why it hit me, because I believe that according to the prayer that Jesus taught us how to pray, if his will can be done in the earth as it is in heaven, and there's going to come a day in heaven where all nations, all tribes, all tongues are around the throne of grace, are around that great almighty throne, and we're, we're singing his praises, and we're, we're crying out, holy, 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 worthy is the Lamb of God that was slain for the world. If that is already uh, 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 happening or starting to, to happen, take place, I'm, I'm, I'm just so excited in my mind right now. If, that, if that's happening, right, and will happen, right, in heaven, I believe that the Lord said it can also happen in the earth. And I believe that rebuilt fellowship can be in a, a temporary earthly throne of grace by which all tribes, all nations, all tongues that exist in the triangle area can come together and we can cry out, holy, 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 worthy is the lamb of God that was slain for the sin of the world. Family, I believe it's true, but it has to start with us. We have to be the love movement. We have to learn how to love one another. Right. We have to learn how to be intentionally loving one another as Christ has loved us. We can no longer remain comfortable. 
the, the, the Lord told me specifically, he said, hey, when you look at this great commission passage, he told me this many years ago. I'm bringing you into what he told me many He said, listen, listen, listen. Here's a, this is what I want. There's no comfort in the commission, but there's a promise for my purpose. Well, see, there's no comfort in the commission going out into all the world and, and, and engaging and loving people that don't look like you, talk like you, vo vote like you, act like you, uh, 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 watch the same TV shows or like the same TV shows that you do. But it's, it's not about us. It's about Christ and his mission, his message and his glory. That's what it is about. It's not about us. We have been bought and purchased by the blood of the lamb and we don't get to make the rules. We, this is not optional. This commandment is not optional for the believer. We're to go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. This is not optional for the believer. This commandment is not, a, is not for a specialized group within the church. And this commandment, here's the third thing I want to show you that, out of this. This commandment is not optional for the believer. I believe I said that already. Let me recap that again. This commandment is not optional for the believer. This commandment is not for a specialized group within the church or within the household of faith, a certain group of believers. And this commandment is not optional for the believer. It's just not. We don't get to make the rules. Listen to what Hudson Taylor, a missionary, said about this. He said, the Great Commission is not an option to be considered. It is a command to be obeyed. We don't get to tell God that we're not going to tell others about him. You can, but let us be very careful about what we're saying to God in that way. What you're saying is your grace is not enough. Your salvation is not enough for me that I'm not fully submitted to you. And I've learned that if he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. Family, this is vital. This is important. And I can't stress this enough. I love and I want to I want to bring in some others, uh, uh, others who have walked before us in the faith that have stated or talked about this, uh, the importance of the Great Commission. They said it this way. One believer said it this way. He said it's stunning, it's just stunning to watch churches struggle to get mission statements when there it is the Great Commission. And they should simply do what it says. Another believer, he said this. He says the Great Commission would not be fulfilled with our spare time or spare money. And let me give you a resource for this. Let me give you my beloved Dr. Helen Rosevear. If you never read any of her books, I would strongly recommend you to now begin to add Dr. Helen Rosevear's writing to your, to your personal library. And one uh, that I want to point you to is Living Sacrifice. If you never read that and understanding what it means to be fully surrendered and on mission for God, read her book, Living Sacrifice. Oh, when well, she tells you about what it looks like in her life and what she had to endure and what the Lord had to discipline on her to understand, to walk the walk that she walked in order to bring him glory for the good of those that, that were in her local context. That is a book that I highly recommend for you to purchase and add to your personal library. All of this to say, the commandment, my brothers and sisters, is for us to go into all the world and preach the good news that Jesus lives, that Jesus loves, and that Jesus saves. And that good news had to be preached where it had to come to the disciples first before the disciples could go and tell it to others. And this is why it is important for us to have this lifestyle and daily rhythm of preaching the good news of Jesus Christ to yourself every single morning. When you come to it, to it, to a mind state where you have a level of clarity, you should begin to preach the good news of Jesus Christ to yourself. Christ, I thank you that you came for me, that you live perfect and a sinless life for me, that you shed your precious blood 
death for me, that I've been made whole in you, that if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, the new has come. God, I'm new in you. I'm a new creation in you. God, you love me with a love that is undying, is unconditional, and never loses power. Nay, in all things, I am more than a conqueror through him who has loved us, and nothing can separate me from your love. If you begin to preach the good news to yourself like that daily, I'm telling you, you will experience less and less dark moments in your life as well as you go to take light onto others. We are, my brothers and sisters, we're brand ambassadors. 2 Corinthians tells us that we are, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, that we are ambassadors that Christ wants to make his appeal through. So the one who has all authority has sent us to be kingdom representatives or ambassadors that he has given his authority to, to go decrease darkness and lostness in our local context. And that's where we'll stop and pause for today. Thank you for taking your time with us today. If you'd like to learn more about our church or have us pray for you in any way, you can find us at www.rebuildchurch.com. That is www.rebuildchurch.com. Our church meets in Durham, North Carolina, and if you're looking for a church to attend, we'd love to have you join us. We meet weekly at 10 a.m. on Sunday, and you can find more details about what to expect and where we are on our website. You can also find our full services on our YouTube channel. Please join us for our next episode as Pastor Chuck finishes up his message, which is titled, We Are Reproducers. Mm-hmm.